On this episode of Soaring to New Heights, Tim and Liam are going to be comparing the next 10 AFLW players from the Hawthorne Hawks to their male equivalents. This and so much more on Soaring to New Heights. Hello and welcome to Soaring to New Heights, the Hawthorne AFLW podcast series looking at the Hawthorne Hawks. My name is Tim and we are joined by co-host Liam. Liam, how are you going this afternoon? Very well, Tim. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Are you a bit different? We're recording during the day instead of the evening. It's one of the little positives about being a school teacher during school holidays. Yep. And in my case, having a month till I start a new job. So. A lot of positives there. Now, Liam, this is the second instalment of our three-part series looking at the AFLW team and comparing the players from the Hawthorne AFLW team to their equivalent player uh, in terms of the Hawthorne men's, men's team. Now, we've already recorded and released part one where we did our comparisons for players wearing Guernsey numbers one through to 10. So that was Tegan Cunningham to Caitlin Ashmore. Now, if you haven't listened to that, please feel free to go back and listen uh, if you do wish. Now, this is part two, Liam. So we're going to be looking at Guernsey numbers 11 through to 20. So that's starting at the Donvale Destroyer, Jenna Richardson, and going through to Billy Elliott, so Laura Elliott. And then obviously part three uh, will be coming out soon after this. Uh, Yeah, and ripper of a nickname, by the way, that you came up with for Richo, which is 100% being stolen and used widely because, well, she does represent the Donbar Football Club with distinction. And if you're a small to medium-sized forward, you're not going to enjoy playing on her. But we'll talk, we'll talk about more, her more in a minute. That's correct, though. If you are a small to medium-sized forward and you see Jenna Richardson lined up against you, you know it's going to be a very difficult day for you. Uh, yeah. So with that, I, sh- I should probably remind people of the rules quickly. Uh, if you haven't listened to part one, we go through them there as well. Maybe do that first or do it after this. The choice is obviously yours. So the men's, the eligible men's players are Hawthorne's 2023 list and those on the 2022 list who did not go to another club. So, for example, Ben McAvoy and Jack Saunders are eligible. Jack Gunston and Tom Mitchell are not. Uh, we can't repeat players either. So once Tim or myself use a player, we cannot use them again. So whoever I name for Jenna Richardson, for example, I cannot have used in part one and cannot use again for any other player. And the same goes for Tim as well. So just a little spoiler. We had a lot of similar justifications last time, although we only agreed on one player. So this should be a lot of fun. And um, Tim, you'll be leading off this time. So we'll let you get ready to go. Yes, I'll be leading off. So in terms of the cricketing analogy, Liam, I've got the new rock or the new ball. I'm going to be opening the bowling with that. So the first player I'm going to be looking at is obviously Guernsey 11. So Jenna Richardson, otherwise known as the Donvale Destroyer. Now, small to medium-sized forwards hate playing on defenders who clamp down and stop them from being able to reach their potential or to be able to impact a game on game day. And we know when Richo came back from injury, two of her first two opponents, her first two opponents were Aaron Phillips and Cora Staunton. And she was in their back pocket all day, stopping them from being able to impact the scoreboard. And my comparison for Jenna Richardson has to be Blake Hardwick. 
the man who conceded 18 goals out of 22 games and the equivalent in the AFLW team has to be Jenna Richardson. Yeah, no arguments. We've already agreed. Um, this is one of the easy picks. Interestingly, on the on a little social media poll, 57% of people on one platform thought I'd be picking James Sicily. 43 thought Blake Hardwick. So, and on another platform, it was 40% Blake Hardwick, 40% James Blank, 20% James Sicily. But yeah, to, to me, a small to medium-sized defender who distributes it well, albeit in a different way. So Jenna mainly distributes through handball to feeding rebounders, whereas Blake Hardwick is a bit more of a rebounder himself with his kicking. But both good interceptors, both exceptional shutdown defenders of small and medium forwards. And this was one of the first, this was one of the first things I put down on my on my list. This was one of the easiest picks for me. There was no other option. In fact, fun fact about Blake Hardwick. He also played his junior football at Donvale for a period of time. Oh, look at that. Two destroyers, both being picked in terms of the comparison, which is wonderful. So that was uh, one agreement already, Liam. There that, we go. Yeah, that was, again, that was a really easy pick. Oh, it was an easy pick, but you think about it. Episode one, we had one that we agreed upon. We've had one so far in episode two that we've agreed upon. So who knows, Liam? We might get 10 out of 10. Uh, I don't know if that's actually possible given this player we're about to talk about, actually. But well, That's it. So we move to Guernsey 12, which is Lou Stevenson. Now, Lou played mostly when she was at GWS as a halfback, a rebounding halfback. And then round one this year for Hawthorne, moved into the midfield. As we know, based on the statistics that you kept, had a very, very high win rate in terms of being at centre bounces. So centre bounce attendances to centre bounce wins. And then unfortunately it was injured. And I was trying to think of a player at Hawthorne who's been playing at halfback, who has incredible skill, huge potential that we're hoping to see more through the midfield this year and hopefully less injury impacted. And my comparison to Lou Stevenson is the person who wears Guernsey 12 for the men's team, Will Day. Because I see both of those players moving into the midfield full-time during the upcoming season and impacting using their skill, using their, their height uh, to, to their advantage. Yeah, that, that, that's a clever pick. I have obviously disagreed because I used Wool Day in the last episode. Go back and listen to find out who. But yeah, Wool Day is a, a really good player. Lou is a much stronger body in the midfield than Will is at the moment. It'd be fair to say Will could probably do with some time in the gym, as has been talked about on other platforms, Talking Hawks most recently. But Lou used her size really well in the midfield in a relatively new role. So I have picked a big-bodied crash-and-bash midfielder from Hawthorne's men's team who was also new to the role this year and excelled, Connor Nash. Yeah, I can see some very good comparisons between Lou and Connor, both using their size, using their height to their advantage. We know that Lou had said before she came on to the Talking Hawks and Soaring to New Heights podcast with yourself and Daz before round 10 that she was known as more of the outside player wasn't really into the tackling aspect but we know she certainly put a body on the line this year this season to bed that's exactly right so I can see some great similarities there between Lou and Connor and as I said hopefully for Lou and Will Day coming into this season we'll see those comparisons as well 
We should also point out quickly, we did on over on Instagram, someone, Pardog was the name of the account, suggested Ben McAvoy for reasons related to their story as a leader who missed a lot of the season. Not a bad shout. Uh, we have a, we obviously have chosen differently, but that's that's an interesting decision as well. It's not that's actually not a bad shout for that comparison. Absolutely, you think about Lou coming back end of the season, so she worked really hard to overcome that fractured ankle uh, to be able to play in round ten, similar to Big Boy who overcame that neck fracture. So both of them suffered fractures in terms of injuries, so I can definitely see some similarities there between them. We now move to Guernsey thirteen. Now Liam, this one will be very interesting. So we've got Anya McDonough. And in terms of Guernsey 13 for our Galway girl, I was thinking, what comparison could I make? And I kept coming back to her ability to not only impact contests, but to be able to turn games. And if you think about round six against West Coast, not only did we see Jess Duffin performing admirably through the forward line, we also saw Anya being able to perform these absolute amazing feats where she took on two or three opponents, looked really flashy, had bursts of speed. And the comparison I've made here, and it's not a player who has a similar height or a similar build or a similar story, is one Chad Wingard for his ability to impact in a forward line. Because I just thought when I saw Anya taking on opponents, using her speed, using that flash, that was a comparison I had. I know that Chad is not a key forward and Anya is a key forward who also had some time in the ruck for us this season due to injuries uh, to Tamara Luke. But when I look at both of them, those flashes of brilliances, that's the comparison I made. That, that is an annoyingly clever pick, but also a bit outlandish at the same time. Like that's... That's a really interesting comparison. And I, I can see it, to be honest, because I can see Anya moving up the ground more as she learns the game of Australian rules football a bit more. She only started playing the sport a few months ago. She's played seven competitive games in her life. But that's a really interesting take. And I think over on Instagram, two, we had 18% of voters thought you'd go with none of the above when I said Mitch Lewis, Jai Sarong or Jacob Kajitsi because I just had to type in three names and then give none of the above. I didn't know who you were doing, obviously, because we haven't seen each other's lists. But that, that's a clever comparison, both left-footed as well, both very mobile. But um, I've gone perhaps a little more obvious with my pick. I have picked a key forward. I have picked a key forward with a very high ceiling, really strong hands. And someone who's developed into a very good kick for goal, which I have no doubt Anya McDonald will do. Mitch Lewis. Ah, very good. Well, you think about it, Mitch Lewis has become the main target. He's become the lead in terms of lead full forward for us in terms of the men's team. And with Jess Duffin retiring now, it's certainly there for Anya McDonough to be able to take with both hands. And as you said, with another preseason under a belt with more time playing a game that is not native to her, we know we'll definitely continue to see her soaring to new heights next year. And if you think about round 10, when on your tie for Fremantle kicked four goals, I think that's something that's definitely in on McDonough's future for us at Hawthorne. Absolutely. She is, I've, I've said, I've said it multiple times on this show and online that, that I can see on McDonough excelling to that level. And I think I even said on our Christmas wishes episode that I think she has the ability to be one of, if not the best key forwards in this competition. You did. That is correct. So 
Lots to look forward to for both Anya McDonough and Mitch Lewis going in to this upcoming but the, season. The Wingard comparison was, I will say, it was very unique but clever, I would say. Well, that's, you know, that's what I'm good for, Liam. That's what I'm good for. But that, that's why we're here. This is, that, that was, that was clever. And this is a really interesting compar- set of comparisons so far. But let, let's move on to uh, Charlotte Baskerin, shall we? Number 14. Yeah, so looking at Carol and this one, well, I thought this was really simple. Have you ever met two players who've been robbed for NAB Rising Star nominations throughout a season when they've performed admirably for a whole season? Charlotte Baskerin played as fitter half forward, fitter half back, had burst through the midfield, looked absolutely scintillating with her speed, her ability to take on games. And the comparison I had for her was Connor McDonald, who also looked scintillating in his first season as a Hawthorne player. Both of them robbed in terms of NAB Rising Star nominations. One positive for Carol, though, is that in terms of the AFLW rules, if you played more than 10 games or 10 games, it doesn't matter. So she's eligible for this upcoming season where I would say now, I know you're not a betting man, Liam, but I had a look earlier today on, on Sportsbet. Carol's paying 99 cents for every dollar. So you're actually losing money if you pick her. She's a guaranteed NAB Rising Star winner for season eight. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, I would be, if I were a gambler, I'd probably still put money on that, to be honest, because I, I think she's an incredible footballer. But I have picked a midfielder slash half forward from the Hawthorne men's team, who is an incredibly smooth mover, a great ball user, who started forward and then drifted on ball a bit more who can burst out of a stoppage with pace and who was robbed of a rising star nomination. I've gone with Connor McDonald as well. Jeez, that's two. We've got two ingredients already. I thought, I thought that was pretty easy. Yeah. Also, over on Instagram again, just looking at the poll that's in front of me as we speak, four people thought I would go Connor McDonald. Four people thought I would go with James Warple, but I have gone with Connor McDonald and I initially had, Chad Wingard for Charlotte Bassman when I did my first draft. But then I, again, removed one or two players, altered a few things, and then thought Connor McDonald was... I always thought McDonald was a better fit, but it was just where I'd used a couple of other players, and then I moved it around a bit, and I was able to get Connor McDonald to Charlotte Bassman, which I thought was a better fit from the get-go. Absolutely. Both smooth movers, as we said, both robbed of rising star nominations, and both are going to be in the plans for Hawthorne teams going well into the decade, which is wonderful for us as supporters to be able to watch both of them playing their trade in the brown and gold. Hopefully for a long, long time. Because don't forget as well, Charlotte played every single game at the age of 17. In fact, she didn't turn 18 until mid-December. And this upcoming season, Liam, she won't be doing year 12 while playing football. Yeah, that that would I'd imagine would have been a not-so-minor encumbrance, so... Let's, we can't wait to watch her in this, in 2023 and beyond. Absolutely. Then we move to Guernsey 15, and this will take us to the halfway point in terms of the squad, Liam, and it is the person that you've said is your tip in terms of most improved player for next year, and it's Bridget. Yeah, do, we have, do we have the clip for that, by the way, ready to roll when I'm right? Look, it's there. It's in the bank, ready to roll. Uh, so the next player we're looking at is Bridge Deed. Now I was thinking about Bridge Deed, and we know that when she was on ball, she stood head and shoulders above the rest of our diminutive midfield. We know that this was her first season. We know that her ceiling is incredibly high. We know that with more time through the midfield, with more pre-seasons, 
that she is going to be someone who's going to be a crucial part of that Hawthorne midfield. And when I was doing the comparison, I thought about a young Hawthorne player who came into the team last year, quite tall, quite big compared to the rest of the midfield, was in the squad, out of the squad, uh, in the team, out of the team. Someone who I know this preseason has really stamped some authority. And we know Bridge Deed from talking to people like Tilly Lucas Rod is stamping her authority in terms of setting standards at the AFLW club. And the comparison I made for Bridget Deed was Ned Long. I see both of them having breakout seasons next year for Hawthorne. That is a really, really, really clever pick. And it was, and it was a name I seriously considered as that taller midfielder who uses the ball really well. I've gone with a slightly younger tall midfielder who uses the ball really well. And I've actually gone with Cameron McKenzie. Because Cam McKenzie was picked as being probably the best kick of the football in his draft pool. I think Bridget Deed is the best kick of the football, at least over short to medium distances at Hawthorne in the women's team. So I thought Cameron McKenzie, as that young midfielder who used the ball beautifully well, would be the best comparison that I could make for Bridget Deed. Because Bridget's a tall midfielder who's not... Like, Ned Long is really tall as a midfielder. Bridge is above average, but not enormous. So I thought Cam McKenzie, also an above average, but not enormous midfielder who uses the ball well. So I thought that was that was my best comparison. I thought Cameron McKenzie. Although I think we both will acknowledge if Sam Mitchell were eligible, that would be a very easy pick. Absolutely. If Sam Mitchell was eligible, he would have been easily placed in terms of the comparison for Bridget Day. But really interesting there, Liam. You've picked a young midfielder who's going to take the scruff of the neck and run with it, hopefully this season for Hawthorne. I've picked a young midfielder that I think is going to take the game by the scruff of the neck and really improve for Hawthorne. And we've come to the same agreement in terms of Bridget Deed, because that's a player that we think is going to be able to grab the game and grab her opportunities by the scruff of the neck and really propel herself during the second season for the Hawthorne AFLW team. If you need convincing, go watch the first half of that Freo game. Yeah, absolutely. She absolutely tore it apart that first half against Freo. Next, we move to... Guernsey number 16, Ainsley Kemp. And this was the recipient or the winner of the Hawthorne Mark of the Year. And I was thinking about someone who sets really high standards, someone who speaks really well when they're interviewed, someone who is a defender, who plays the game with a ton of heart, a ton of passion, someone who hates losing. And I thought of the equivalent on the men's team. And for mine, Ainsley Kemp and Sam Frost with the equivalent and I'm pretty certain like I could be wrong here but I'm pretty certain Ainsley Kemp came from the demons as well is that correct uh yes she did albeit with a much longer gap because she missed a few years with significant injury hmm. but came so, from, yeah came from the demons and Frosty also came from the demons to Hawthorne and both of them are experienced players who are helping in terms of that backline but then also going to be using that experience to help in terms of younger squads that we now have. Yeah, I think that, that's a that's a strong pick. It's an interesting take because yeah, Frost plays a bit taller than Kempy. Although when you look at Ainsley Camp, who ranked eight at Hawthorne for meters gained per game this year, which surprised me when I saw it was that high, and it probably surprises a few people to to learn. Although she so she does take more territory than you think. 
but I looked at it from a slightly, slightly different lens and went, who's someone that took a bit of time to come in, maybe came a bit, you know, having had some years where they weren't making at the level for whatever reason, takes a fair bit of ground, gone with Lockie Bramble. So obviously I don't think Kempi quite has Lachlan Bramble's electric pace, but she used the ball well. She moves us forward out of the back line. She's tough. She took a while to get to find her feet and get into the team, but hasn't gone out of it once there when fit. So I thought Lachlan Bramble was a good comparison for Ainsley Kemp and the way she plays the game. Yeah, it's a great comparison. Also, both of them wear Guernsey 16. Yeah, that's a, that was a happy accident. There you go. Look at that. Some interesting things there when you look at those. But I think what you said, though, in terms of Ainsley Kemp and Lockie Bramble, you can definitely see those similarities between the two. And then you were speaking about the pace. If you go back and watch that game against Richmond, Ainsley Kemp's work rate is very similar to, to Lockie oh, Bramble's. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, touched, I remember she touched the ball on the goal line to stop a Richmond goal. And then 30 seconds later, had run all the way down to half forward and set up Gilroy's goal, which was the only goal we kicked in that game. Yeah. Again, there's a reason I compared them. I can definitely see why that was the case. We now move to Guernsey 17, Mackenzie Eardley, Big Mac. Now, in terms of Big Mac, I was thinking defender, huge raking right foot boot, can take an intercept mark and is a redhead. And the comparison I made was Jane Sicily. Tall defender, can take a mark, Huge raking boot, redhead. Yeah. I have absolutely no arguments with Sicily. I have used Sicily for another player because who will be talked about in part three. Tim can probably already guess who, I'm, who that's going to be. But I can have absolutely no arguments with that. In fact, I'm currently working on something, a piece of writing about Mackenzie. And a lot of it focuses on how much she resembles James Sicily. She's even about the same height as him. And a lot of sunscreen will be needed between the three of you. You may yes. have this. Well, that, that's correct, Liam. That's correct. As, uh, as gingers, and no one can call a ginger but a ginger. Uh, so as gingers, I can definitely say a lot of sunscreen over the preseason would be used by both Big Mac and Sis. Well, I've picked someone else, and social media thought you'd be going with um, Sam Frost, which is who I've gone with, because of Mac's shutdown ability. And she takes territory like Frost, albeit in a different way. She, I think, led our team for metres gained per disposal this year, having checked some stats and done a bit of division. But she is a very good shutdown defender, a taller, more pure defender, and then has that rebounding capacity. So I thought Sam Frost would be the best comparison, although... I thought James that was as much as anything because I had to use James Sicily somewhere else. So I was very close to using James Sicily for Mac and probably would have if I could reuse players. Yeah, very good comparison there for Big Mac. I can definitely see Frost being that equivalent as well, both being defenders, both being able to take that territory and both being able to shut down opponents throughout a game. We now move to our skipper, Tilly Lucas Rod. Now, in terms of our skipper, I was thinking, in terms of that midfield, she is the complete package. Whether it's in and under getting the ball, whether it's distributing the ball by hand, by foot, her defensive exploits, her work rate. And I was trying to work out who would be the equivalent. Which player do I think in the men's team is the most complete midfielder in terms of their ability to play both inside, outside, defensively, offensively? And the comparison I had 
was Josh Ward. Because when I look at Tilly Lucas Rod and Josh Ward, I'd look at them and just think they are both these complete midfielders who have the ability to play both inside, outside, being able to not only hit the scoreboard, but set up forwards with you know beautiful skills. Yeah, I've picked I have gone differently, obviously, because I used Josh Ward last episode. Um, Josh Ward is very complete. Tilly is very good, especially Tilly is clearly at her best on the inside. And her best kicks are usually the ones at goal. So I've picked a hard, tough, relatively small, Tilly is tiny in fairness. She's one of our tiny T's. Um, midfielder from Hawthorne's men's team, who has also won a best and fairest, James Warple. Yeah, I can see that. You can see the comparisons there between Tilly and Warps. Obviously, both hard at it in terms of at the ball, both like kicking a goal. Which is definitely, tackle. Exactly, which is what we love to see from our midfielders. So can definitely see the comparison there between Tilly and Josh and then also Tilly and James. Yeah, we had, we had a suggestion as well of Joy Newcomb from one of our most loyal listeners, Braden. Uh, I've used Joy Newcomb somewhere else, as have you. But that's another very valid comparison of a complete tough midfielder who loves to tackle. Absolutely. And doesn't she love to tackle? Came She's pretty good at it. Well, exactly. Came fourth, and if Champion Data actually recorded tackles properly, who knows? She might have come first. Well, third in the non-Kiara Bowers division. Yeah, that's correct. Because I think that almost needs to be a separate division at the tackle counts. Yeah, that's true. We now move to Guernsey 19, and it's Bridie Eric Hipwell. And I was thinking about Bridie, young forward, establishing herself at the top level. Now, we know Bridie this year was completing year 12 while also playing her first season of AFLW was given the role of playing as the second tall forward. And I was trying to think who the comparison would be. And I thought who's someone that I have complete and utter faith in as that second tall forward, who I think is absolutely going to dominate this season. And I've picked Jacob Kaczynski. And I, I just, I looked at it and went, I can see the comparisons. Bridie's work rate up the ground, being able to offer leading, you know, leads up the ground for the, the midfielders and also the halfbacks to have a target up on the wing to kick to using her height. Not only that, but also you know, being able to make contests, take some grabs. And I just thought Jacob Kosicki, that was the comparison I had. Uh, yep, yeah, I had the, let me just get close to the mic. I had the exact same. I, my notes had young, aggressive key forward with strong hands who is vastly underrated athletically. Yes. And that's that was my co- comparison. Someone who maybe a tad shorter than an average for the position, but strong overhead, strong hands, strong in a contest, aggressive, really underrated athletically, and will probably be an ideal second to Anya McDonough in terms of that role which is also part of what influenced me to pick Mitch Lewis for Anya McDonough. Uh, I did, that was a late switch around of a couple of selections, by the way. I, I had Mitch Lewis initially allocated to a player in part three. But, but yeah, yeah I, I can have no arguments with your pick of Kaczynski because he's also mine, but that was why I picked Cozzy. Yeah, so definitely, and I think we can both agree that that young, aggressive forward, that huge work rate that's really undervalued or under-recognized 
Uh, and that's something that I can definitely see the similarities between Bridie and Crosby. And I think both of them this season with that preseason under their belt are going to be able to excel and, and soar to new heights for the upcoming seasons, both for the AFLW and the men's competition. And we now move to our last player that we are comparing on this episode and it's number 20 and it's Laura Billy Elliott. Now, for those of you who have listened to both Liam and myself talk about Billy, she is tough as nails. She is incredibly courageous. And I went back and looked at the round nine game against Brisbane where she got absolutely poleaxed in the first five minutes and then came back through a body on the line to take an absolute screamer, which took out our mark of the year here on Soaring to New Heights. And the player that I was comparing it to is someone who in the men's team does very, very similar, puts their body on the line, plays a defensive role, can take an, an absolute screamer of a mark, will get knocked around, thrown around, but get back up like a pit bull in a fight. And it was DGB. Yep. That makes four agreements because I oh, have oh, so pitched. Oh, <laughs> I actually thought that was really easy, to be honest, as well. Who's a young key defender that's a terrific interceptor and can also play one-on-one? And I kept coming back to Denver, Granger, Barras. See, with that, there was two players I kept coming back to in terms of DGB. One was Billy and one was someone in episode three. And yeah, I, just kept yeah, I, think I think I know which one it is as well, because I was also on a player we will discuss in episode three. I'm going to ring a bit. Yeah. Billy offers a little bit more as an interceptor, whereas the player I'm thinking of is maybe a little bit more pure shutdown. Yeah. I, I think you think you're the same player, and I reckon we might have gone with the same as a result. But that, so that little bit of extra intercepting that Billy offers compared to the player in part three who's more shut down is why I went with Denver in the end. Definitely can see those comparisons. And someone uh, had been in touch, Liam, in terms of the poll to suggest a, a player that they thought. Yeah, so someone suggested to us just simply um, whoever our best intercept mark was. And that's, well, that's probably James Sicily, to be honest, in the men's team, but there's options because our men's team know how to intercept. But the poll of one of Billy's most vocal supporters on the sidelines, uh, being you, of how they think they thought that person would go, uh, DGB received over 50% of the vote. So people seem to know us reasonably well. But yeah, that again, to me, Denver was a pretty easy pick for Billy. Absolutely. Yeah, I can definitely see the comparisons between the two of them. Both young, both have the future definitely laid out in terms of Hawthorne colours and both going to be able to impact games for the next decade at least. Now that brings us, Liam, to the end of this episode. So in terms of our social media, whether it's Twitter and Instagram at HFC Soar or Facebook at Soaring to New Heights, we'd love to hear your opinions. We'd love for you to get involved. Let us know what you think about our comparisons do you think we've made the right comparison do you disagree with what we have can you believe that liam and i almost agreed for 50 percent of this you have 40 percent agreement rate this time unbelievable but you know let's go back to it liam if we go all the way back to episodes one and episodes two joined together it's 25 percent. so let's not go too far yeah good maths see maths well the primary school teacher if i can't add shouldn't be teaching yeah there are some teachers who might then fall into that category we're not going to talk about that, Liam. There's a teacher shortage at the moment. We have utmost respect for all teachers out there. 
Yep, never said we didn't. <laughs> uh, in terms of Talking Hawks, where Liam and myself do some work, there's plenty of content about the men's team that is out and about at the moment. There are articles. So Smithy wrote an article looking at the players who are out of contract at the end of this season for the men's team. There's also the mailbag and there's a track watch that's going to be forthcoming. So keep an eye out for that. And there's also the AFLW articles that are still coming out. So as Liam said earlier in this episode, there's one about Big Mac that's going to be coming out over the next fortnight. And we also have the- It's not in yet. So I'm still working on it. I don't know when it comes out. That's all right. Over the next fortnight, plenty of time for that to come out. And we also have the article that Liam wrote over the weekend or that was published over the weekend about Sophie Locke. So if you haven't had a look at that, please make sure you do. Now that brings us to the end of this episode. Part three will be coming out soon. Uh, If you haven't listened to part one, feel free to go back and listen to part one. As we said, we'd love to hear you getting involved on the socials. And until next time, go Hawks. (laughs) 